Hey, good morning, everybody. That's right. Good morning. The first ever freshman parking lot that's been recorded in the AM part of the day, I think. Um, welcome to episode number 29, the freshman parking lot Super Bowl pregame show. <laughs> Coming to you from the Junior Ranger um, recording booth here at my house in Bosch's Beer Garden. Uh, we are going to be with you for the next 10 hours because that's what people do for Super Bowl pregame. <laughs> Not really. Um, and, geez, we've got kind of an interesting show. We're going to give you our version of the Super Bowl pregame. Everybody and their brother is probably breaking down the game, and we're going to break down game day a little bit, I think, is where we're going to head. Tonight's show, or today's this morning's show, brought to you by my new book, from great to good. <laughs> Brad, have you read All this right. book? I haven't, but I heard I'm part author of it. There's some excerpts of it from me. So I'm glad I could give the, uh, the uh, preface for it. So Justin, uh, Justin doesn't even know the backstory on this. So I'm clueless. I, I had kind of a, a crazy, a crazy 24 hour period here. That's that's really extending now into a morning podcast on a Sunday into about a 36 hour period where about 7:30 on Friday night, we left the house to go down to Janesville for a play down hockey game, which is what hockey calls playoffs. Like literally the rest of the world calls it playoffs and hockey is super cool and calls it play down. Um, so we left, did that. And if my son's team won, we were going to, play again yesterday morning and if they lost we had already booked a trip long before this game was scheduled to go up ice fishing in Sturgeon Bay and so they lost and we decided on the way to the game that hey either way we're winners because we either get another game or we get to go fishing and so we got in the truck in the like zero degree temperatures like all of his stuff froze in the back of the truck on the way up and um, drove up Sturgeon Bay got there about 1 15 Hardly slept in this little hotel that I'll have to tell you guys about at some point in time. Literally, it's on top of a bait shop. The, the bait shop owner <laughs> said 99% of his business is fishermen. Um, all of the beds are twin beds. There's not a queen bed in the place because it's just a bunch of dudes coming up on fishing trips. And then so we were <laughs> out on the ice at 8 a.m. We fished eight hours, uh, caught 20 white fish, which are not the most beautiful fish in the world, but they were, it was, it was, it was a fun, fun trip, fun experience, a little bit of a grind in terms of how, you know, fishing and catching 20 fish. Well, we're out there eight hours. That's a long time. Um, came back in off the ice, got in the truck and drove home and we're home by about seven fifteen. So that was our 24 hour period. Um, you know, and, and how the great to good comes in. Brad said, like, if they lose and we drive up, I'm a great dad. If they win and I skip the trip and I stay home, I'm a good dad. So I go great to good. <laughs> <laughs> they were both supposed to say great. You're a great dad either way, Brian. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that. Um, uh, hey, what's your question from Q today? Yeah, so Q's from Q. We've got a Super Bowl themed question. Usually I'll pull it out of the envelope, but he just handed it to me and said, Hey, Super Bowl themed question. Five colleges have now produced a Super Bowl winning quarterback and 
a U.S. president. <clears throat> Michigan with Gerald Ford and Tom Brady. Navy with Jimmy Carter and Roger Staubach. Stanford with Herbert Hoover and Jim Plunkett and John Elway. This one will surprise you. Miami of Ohio with Benjamin Harrison and Ben Roethlisberger. The fifth one, we've got to guess the college and the quarterback. The president is Joe Biden. Okay. I got um, it. You got it? I think so. Whoa. Okay. And there, there is a hint. And now I have it, now that I have the hint. Let me go with it without the hint. Yeah. I want to say Joe Flacco, University of Connecticut. Or Delaware, sorry. Delaware, my bad. Delaware. Okay, Brad? Now that I see the hint, I have it as well. Give me the hint and let's see what I can do. University of Delaware. <laughs> That's the there hint. There you go. <laughs> so Q, Q gave us a hint that was half of the answer. By the way, University of Delaware, right. if I'm not mistaken from my, my days of playing NCAA college football on the PlayStation, which is making a return. Is coming back, yes. I'm pretty sure their uniforms, their helmets, look a lot like the University of Michigan. Yes. They've got a different color scheme, but they've got yes. that kind of uh, whatever that look is called. The, the flying, yep. Brad, Brad, you should know, Portage had the helmet, didn't they? Uh, after I was there. But okay. yes, they do, and yes, they are the same. Okay. Um, Princeton has that same helmet. Delaware's as a different yes. Yeah, that that yeah. that's a uh, okay. Well, Brad, you had said you've got oh. a a. Would you rather to start the show? You bet. I'll, I'll go with my Would you rather? And and talking about Super Bowl traditions, um, obviously this year maybe with COVID everything's a little bit different. If you're following uh, Dr. Fauci's advice and. Uh, staying within your family or having a small gathering, but would you rather on a, on a typical Super Bowl year that your favorite team is not playing? Okay. So would you rather have a Super Bowl party with a lot of people or a small gathering of a couple guys or just your family watching the game? All right. And I'll preface the more people, Food and the greater variety of food there is. People, less food. I think. I think for me, I'm probably more comfortable with a small gathering. Um, the last 15 years or so, and we can talk about this some more later on. When we talk about what we like about Super Bowl parties. I've gotten together with just a small group of friends for most of the day. Um, and I've really enjoyed that. I tend to get a little overwhelmed at the Super Bowl party with 25 people and maybe you know like 10 of them and you're meeting other people. For me socially, I feel a little awkward in those situations. Okay. I, I, I really don't like Super Bowl parties. I, I, I really don't. I like parties. I even like the, the large groups of people where I might know some of them and I'm going to get to meet other people. I enjoy that bouncing around and, and talking to people and whatever. I do not like it on the Super Bowl. To me, it's a, a family day. Um, I'm, I'm the softball coach, as a lot of you know, and we are into our open gym season. And typically one of our days is Sunday evenings. We will never, ever have an open gym as long as I'm in control of the schedule on Super Bowl Sunday 
because it's like a holiday. And Justin, like you, it's it's kind of a day long thing where there'll be certain certain food and snacks. And uh, I'm not a all day pregame guy, even though we're going to broadcast for the next 10 hours. Um, but I do like the, the pregame aspect of it. I like it's it's just kind of something that's um, I don't know if it's really a pop culture event anymore where non sports fans are watching it or not. But at the party you lose out, in my estimation, the ability to pay close attention to all the things in the game, as well as I'm a marketing teacher, or at least I've taught marketing up until this year, uh, the commercials. So I know it's a very kind of unsports fan thing to say that you pay attention to commercials, but I absolutely do. And so I'm not a big Super Bowl party guy. I like to do it at home um, with just the family. All right. And I'm going to be similar to Justin. I'm going to say I – the Super Bowl is still a football game and I'm still a football fan and I'm a fan of good football and I want to watch the game and I want to indulge in the game itself. Um, so give me just a couple people who want to watch football and I'm with it. So um, I would say similar to Brian though, I end up just making it family time and trying to pick in. And <laughs> I think this year is the first year in a long time. We don't have to try to coordinate bedtime routine with halftime. So the last few years, I've had to watch halftime after the Super Bowl because uh, we had to do bedtime before. So I think we can – Finley, uh, my first grade boy, is a huge Tampa Bay fan, and uh, he's running around probably right now wearing his Rob Gronkowski Tampa Bay shirt. So uh, we got a long day of pregame good to go today. Hey, I'm asking a question here, Brad. When you, when you say you watch halftime show after the fact, are you just like – flashback and and you're just re-watching the Janet Jackson one over and over? <laughs> uh, interesting enough, I found out today that um, Brian Bosch has never seen that halftime show. Never have. Um, wow. <laughs> okay. So, and, and, and this will go for Justin then. I'm going back through looking at halftime shows and I, I see 2000, I think it was 2004 is the uh, Nipplegate Yep. Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake. Are we allowed to say nipple? We are. Oh, all right. Just, just wondering. It's human anatomy. Scientific okay. term, Brian. Um, <laughs> it makes me nervous. There were some, there were some other stars in that halftime. Do you remember any of them? No. I did not. Justin not Timberlake one. pulled her clothes off of her, didn't he? Correct. So it was Janet Jackson, okay. Justin Timberlake, but the rest of the show was Jessica Simpson was the headliner. P. Diddy, Nelly, and Kid Rock were all in that Damn, halftime Kid show. Kid Rock? But nobody remembers it except Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson. Yeah. I wish we remembered Jessica Simpson a little more. Well, <laughs> so, Brad, it's interesting. you go back and do you always watch the halftime show again? You, you're a halftime show fan, or you just like to experience it so you can talk about it with mainstream culture? Just ex- just experience it, just <laughs> to see it. So I'm not I'm not totally into it. I I enjoy it if it's on. I'm not. That's not something I'm looking forward to today. Um, to be quite frank, when I heard that it was the weekend was the uh, headliner this year, 
I had to look up who the weekend was um, to figure out what songs he sings. So, no, Brett, that's uh, because we're old. Okay, we- I had I had never heard of the weekend other than um, Saturday and Sunday being the weekend, <laughs> and still don't know who this dude is other than I've seen the Pepsi commercial where the dude in like the parking attendant booth is like, "Oh my God, that's the weekend," and he lets him in. Like I don't know anything about this guy. He's got a catchy song out there right now on pop radio. I'll give him that. Fishing in the dark? No, 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 Brian. Once again, you're dating yourself. <laughs> <laughs> for me, so, for me so Brian, this, this, this is. Dark. I was say for, the ninety-four. You go the ninety-four halftime show. I never realized. So I know you guys are both '90s country. I had no recollection. So I'm 14 years old. The Super Bowl's in the Georgia Dome. Super Bowl 28. It's Clint Black as a headliner. Tanya Tucker, Travis Tritt, and the Judds. Only time ever that there has been an all-country halftime show. And that tells you the power of country music in the 90s. Um, Super powerful, except... I'm just wondering, Brad. I'm gonna I'm gonna goof on you a little bit here. Are we sure it was Tanya Tucker? Or could it have been Tanya Tucker? Tanya Tucker. <laughs> Whichever one. You can oh, say it either way. It's all right. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. Uh, I think the best part of the halftime show is that that first set of commercials right after, you know, they blow the whistle and they go to halftime. I think oftentimes that's the best set of commercials um, that you get in the Super Bowl. Okay, I've got a theory as to why, but do you guys have any uh, any thought as to why that might be? Well, I think that that part of it would be um, you have a lot of non-football fans that watch this sporting event that are legitimately excited about the halftime performance. And unlike us who maybe kind of watch it to just see what's going on, like they want to tune in to see what's going to happen. I would say 100%. Yes. That's when most eyeballs are going to be on the TV. You've got, you've got a, you've got a probably real strong portion of the population who won't see any of the game. And so they know when that halftime show is coming on and they're going to be on the TV to catch those first commercials right before the concert comes on for, for them. It's a concert with a football game sandwiched around it. Yeah. Yeah. Do we, uh, do we have any like uh, like bud bowl type commercials this year, you know, where there's like a series that you watch throughout the game, anything like that this year going on? So this year is the first year that I, like I said a few minutes ago, I'm not teaching marketing first year in like 13 years. And I'm a little disconnected. Usually I've seen a lot of the commercials before the Super Bowl, and which is a little disappointing. That's like snooping on your Christmas presents a little bit. (laughs) Um, I have not done that this year, but what I do know is I know you're, you're saying like a Bud Bowl, but specifically a Bud Light is not advertising at all. I believe they're going to have a couple of Michelob commercials, but they, as well as a couple of other Budweiser. big time traditional Super Bowl players are not advertising this year. Brad, Brad, are you saying there's no Budweiser commercial with the Clydesdales? Correct. Really? That's what I've heard. So no Budweiser. I think 
<clears throat> I think Pepsi is only sponsoring the halftime show, but we won't see some major. Um, and the reason and rationale that I heard was they don't want to be a part of anything controversial. They don't want to have any controversial <clears throat> topics, but don't you control your commercial? And that's what I, I guess I didn't yeah. understand the rationale when I heard that. Let's be um, real. It's about money. I mean, it's been a, it's been a difficult financial and economic year. It's about money, right? That's weird to me. Hmm. I would think it's about money as well, but I would also think that Budweiser is making just as much money this year as ever before. When or the more. economy's bad, beer sells. When the economy's good, beer sells. When when people are stuck at home, beer sells. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, what will be on a Super Bowl commercial this year is our little town of Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. There was a commercial filmed in town about a month or so ago. Um, it's been kept really, really kind of hush-hush. And I've tried to resist the temptation of digging into what it is for and, and trying to find a, a sneak preview of it. Um, what I know is it was filmed downtown on Main Street. Um, I don't know if there's other parts of town or not. And I believe it's going to have an actor who is portraying Vince Lombardi. I would hope maybe there's some Lombardi voiceover. Um, and so there's a, there's a commercial that's going to feature our little town. They've, they've been, I remember they've been um, like <clears throat> giving us a little taste of that this weekend. I saw, I don't remember what I was watching now, or maybe it was Thursday night and I was watching a hockey game. They had a, there was a commercial that came on that had a man talk in like Vince Lombardi and they just showed his hat and like, you know, the glasses that Lombardi would wear with this long, like camel hairs coat. And they just said, we've got a surprise for you or something along those lines. So they've, whatever organization is putting that out there, they're giving us a little sneak. Sure. That's from Fort Atkinson. That's wild. It's awesome crazy why why did we not go get in that commercial guys take the day off from work and go down by the river and you know be those guys in the background don't they know we've got a podcast <laughs> come on <laughs> yeah all right so my question to you guys is then what's on what's on the the actual menu not like hey what's on your agenda for today but what's what's the food menu today looking like in your house I like well, it. my kids have requested the Super Bowl party food, uh, so I believe my my wife's got some chili um, made. We're having some, some homemade pizzas later, and uh, made a bunch of dips and uh, stuff for the afternoon. So, yeah, kids are excited. We're doing the same thing. We decided, you know, we, we went to the grocery store Friday night to buy groceries for the week. And said Sunday's got to be a Super Bowl party type. Yeah. Meal, which means there won't really be like a meal. It'll just be all day grazing. And um, so we got the typical <clears throat> summer sausage, cheese, crackers, dips, chips. I made some jambalaya last night that's left over. So we'll dig into that a little bit. Um, my wife, Dawn, makes amazing homemade pretzels. And so Ooh. she's going to make a big batch of those for us to dig into. Um It'll be that kind of stuff. Should be fantastic. All right, so, I'm coming over for the pretzels. I, seriously, they're the best pretzels I've ever had. I got to bring some to you guys sometime. Amazing. Are they when soft I lived in, or are they crispy? When I, lived in, 
they're they're soft but they get she she does something she like she makes the dough she boils it in water for a little bit and oh, then man. put them in the oven so they come out a little crispy on the outside i don't know how i don't know the science behind it but they're so good you're the <laughs> science teacher dude you're I the science teacher <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that sounds really good do you dip them in anything I personally just like them straight up, but, but, you know, some people like to dip theirs in mustard, but right at the end, she'll, she'll just coat them with a little bit of melted butter. And then, you know, the big coarse salt. Yeah. So good. Some sea salt. Yes. Damn. All right. Um, well, like I said, we went on a fishing trip yesterday. Uh, we, we come home with white fish and everything I've said or heard is that white fish can get a little iffy if you freeze it so you want to prepare it pretty much right away so <clears throat> lunch will be <clears throat> excuse me lunch will be a fish fry today um, awesome but my favorite kind of at home super bowl food and you're right whoever said it, it it's not a meal it's kind of all day grazing is we'll do uh, actual potato wedges <clears throat> we'll cut potatoes in half we'll bake those with um some some shredded cheese melted on them, some green onions or chives, and then uh, some bacon bits, and then dip them in some sour cream. Uh, that's that's probably my favorite. I am a huge sucker for any cheese and sausage tray. <laughs> like it's it's not a fancy thing, but I, like I I I could fill up on that for days if I had to, or if anybody would let me. <laughs> I can attest when Brian comes over to my house, he asks for my good cheese. So <laughs> we've always got block of uh, some sharp cheddar. And Brian always comes and just starts cutting off the cheddar block. And the ironic part is like, if we're talking good cheese, that's not even good cheese, but we don't have, we don't ever buy block cheese. And so that's like, to me, that's the biggest treat. It's kind of like, <laughs> if I were to say, where's your good beer? And I'm talking about the high life, like beer snobs are like, that's not the good beer, but yeah, it is just like the good <laughs> cheese is the block cheese. <clears throat> it doesn't matter what it is. As long as it's in a block. Yeah. <laughs> I, put a, I put a block of Velveeta on your desk tomorrow morning. You're like, thanks for the good cheese. <laughs> okay. We're not going that far. No, maybe if I'm going to come home and melt it for like cheesy broccoli to put on the baked potato, but no, other than that, no. <laughs> Uh, well, what else you guys got going for the Super Bowl? Well, I'm going to sit and reminisce with my uh, Super Bowl 31 uh, disgustingly ugly uh, champions hat and uh, just reminisce and uh, wish that the Packers were actually in the Super Bowl and, and maybe shed a couple tears throughout the day. Um, other than that, uh, it is are now 730. Are you picking up the music in, in my microphone or not? No. Okay, because here's good music. No, it's annoying. It's like <clears throat> I'm in the Junior Ranger broadcasting studio, and I think somebody's alarm is going off. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, Brett, let me ask I'm, you about that that hat you've got on. Is that a vintage purchase? Did you buy that right after the the Packers won that Super Bowl, or did you buy that later on as just like a a, a keepsake? Uh, no, this was bought in 1997 after the Packers win. 
it is just so disgustingly ugly of a hat <laughs> that I can never have worn it. So it is in like pristine condition. This might be the third time in my life I've ever worn this hat. Um, and because I'm weird enough, I actually have a second one that I had autographed by a couple Packer players from uh, that team throughout the year. So um, I think I've got Santana Dotson and Gilbert Brown um, have autographed it, but um, no, it's, it's legitimate. It is not a, a new old, it is an old, old, just in uh, good shape. Sweet. For those of you that aren't watching on YouTube, it is, and this is not just the Vikings fan of me saying it, it's legitimately ugly. It, there's some purples and teals and magentas and holy gaudy. Well, you got to remember the Super Bowl that year was in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, and they had, so the halftime show, if you remember, was the Blues Brothers. It was a Blues oh. Brothers act with Dan Aykroyd, John Goodman, James Belushi. And the rumor is during the week, they just went downtown Bourbon Street all week and just put on shows and like impromptu had a great time throughout school week. Um, if I'm not uh, misremembering uh, <laughs> is the ZZ top and James Brown, I think also were, were headliners uh, for the Packers Super Bowl uh, win that year. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to reminisce about maybe I'll throw in, I've got the, uh, the DVD of that Super Bowl, and maybe I throw that in, and I can uh, show my kids when the Packers won a Super Bowl. That's a great pre-Super Bowl activity. You put old Packers Super Bowls on the TV while you're just milling about, kind of doing your daily thing with your family and friends, and that's on in the background. That is a terrific idea. All right, well, let's wrap up the show. There's a lot of Packers <laughs> talk here. <laughs> Good Lord. And, uh, I'm just curious. Do you have one of those highlight tapes somewhere in your house for the Vikings where they won? Uh, what? I can't hear you. <laughs> I think he said 0-4. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think he did too. <laughs> I think he did too. Oh, man. Um, gosh, I don't know. I don't know. Where do we go from here Super Bowl-wise? Or do we literally just wrap up the show right now in an early morning quick little show? Let's uh, let's let's do a little, um, you know, would you rather when in Rome? What do you okay. got? Well, Brad, do you have another would you rather? Or was that the would you rather? No, that was my would you rather today. So Super Bowl, would you rather? Uh, where would you rather have your party? OK, um, so I'll go with the when in Rome. And this one came up this week uh, from the Junior Ranger, whose broadcast studio I'm in right now. Come home on lunch and. Little man is doing school at the kitchen table. And before I go back to school for lunch or from lunch, I grab, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see, um, I grab a cutie, you know, a small orange, right? And my when in Rome is how do you start it in terms of getting it peeled? Because <clears throat> I'm standing over the garbage can and I just go like this. And I, I just take a little bite to get it started. So oh. I don't have to dig and get the stud, get the crap underneath my thumb. And now I'm just peeling the rest of it with my hands. No. I, didn't, I didn't eat the peel, gentlemen. I just got the hole started so I don't get the stuff underneath my fingernails. Go ahead. All right. So a couple things wrong with that. One is the outside of an orange is the, or a cutie, is the dirtiest. It has the most bacteria on it and you're not cleaning it. 
Okay, so I'm looking out for your health, one. Two. I wear a mask. It's <laughs> not when you're chewing your cutie. <laughs> Two is the peel is bitter. It doesn't taste good. It leaves that bad taste in your mouth before you get to have the wonderful, glorious taste of that orange in your mouth. So, no, you take it from the top and you peel in from the top with your fingernail and then you peel top down. Okay. I agree with everything Brad said, except I usually just mm -hmm. go in at the side with my finger. I don't have to start at the top. I think it's easier to get to the peel on the side than at the top, and I don't know why. So I think your, your strategy might work on a cutie. I'm not sure it works as well on some of those oranges with the ones, especially the ones that have like kind of the thin, hard peel on them. Not like the big, like nectar orange. Like, man, I don't know. And I know that I'm probably weird because he looked at me like I was a freaking alien when I did that. <laughs> and hey, like, I can tell you, I never started peeling an orange with my teeth ever. Okay. I'm going to tell you. On big oranges, I'll use a knife. Yeah. Oh, you're going to lose some of it when you, or you, you cut too deep. peeler, the little plastic peeler tool. Gosh, it's like Brogan is here with us. This is all the stuff that he said. By the way, this cutie that I just started <laughs> feeling with my with my teeth, it's gone right now. It's great. Okay. And and I know I'm I'm the weird one who says, "Well, I don't want that gross stuff between my fingernails," but then I it's on my teeth. I get it. I'll admit I never considered the fact, Brad, that they might be dirty. <laughs> never crossed my mind. Hey, I'm here for you. I appreciate that. <laughs> wow. All right, guys. Uh, did you know? Here's our did you know for the week. Did you know that an actor who played in the 1985 classic movie, The Goonies, was drafted number one overall in the NFL draft in 1973. He's in the picture behind me right now. He's number 72. He played on the defensive line for the Raiders, and he played – he was drafted by the Oilers, but he also played for the Chiefs. He's from Oak Creek, Wisconsin, ladies and oh. gentlemen. Yeah. Oak Creek, Wisconsin <clears throat> graduate, number one pick in 1973. His name is John Matuzak. And he played for eight or nine years in the NFL, won two Super Bowls with the Oakland Raiders. You can see them right there, triumphantly carrying off John Madden and their victory over, sorry, Brian, the Minnesota Vikings. And then um, he won another one with the, the Raiders in 1981 against the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's pretty cool. Um, we, I was sitting around last night. My wife and I kind of had a, a 90s retro weekend. We watched a couple movies from the 90s. And last night we found ourselves watching the masterpiece known as Broken Arrow. It's actually a pretty terrible movie from the middle 90s. <laughs> and in that film, in that film, Howie Long kind of plays this meathead of a bad guy, which got me thinking about, hey, how many Super Bowl winners have played in movies? And I came across John Matuzak and the Goonies. He played, by the way, Sloth, the big dude um, who's chained up in the basement. Yeah. Of, you know, he's got the nasty brothers and mother. That's pretty cool. And I love the fact that we got, we got a Wisconsin tie there. So never seen the movie. 
<laughs> I, that's what you need to do today, Brian. You need to watch the Goonies. It's so good. <laughs> um, where did John Matuzak watch it? Uh, John Matuzak started out um, in a junior college, and then East was, Mississippi uh, Scuba Tech. Kind of, but but I, I don't remember the name of the school. Then he went to the University of Missouri, where Dan Devine was the head coach. Oh, he didn't get right. much playing time. And then Dan Devine went to the Green Bay Packers. And so <clears throat> Matuzak left there and went to the University of Tampa Bay, where he was the number one overall draft pick in 1973. Pretty wild. Oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting journey. So we go JUCO <clears throat> to not much playing time to a school that most people have probably never heard of especially yeah. considering maybe, hey, do they even have a football team to the number one pick? Correct. Number one pick. Interesting. Yeah, and he, so he's picked up by the Oilers, and there's a story that, that as he's playing with the Oilers, he's also signs a contract with the World Football League, and that ticks the Oilers off. So they trade him to the Kansas City Chiefs, for the 1974 number one overall pick. Hmm. And I can't remember that guy's name right now, but that guy who went to the Oilers, he's in the hall of fame now. Some dude I don't know because he was alive before I was born. So, uh, <laughs> well, and he's one of those big guys on the offensive line that you just, Oh, wow. Him. Just continue the anonymity and the bashing of the guys that don't touch the ball. Justin, I thought hey. you were better than that. I 100% disagree. I think the most important guys in the game of football are on the defensive and the offensive line. And it's I not important enough to remember. And I will, I will tell you this. I'm irritated, legitimately irritated, <clears throat> every time the broadcasters say something about skill position players. Sure. You don't think it takes skill to play a defensive line or a left tackle? Shut up. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that, that label. All right, I touched a nerve there. A little bit. <laughs> so we could we can make a prop bet. How many times in today's broadcast do they mention skill players? Oh boy. What would you think? What would be the over under on that prop bet? Well, gosh, seven. Seven? I'm betting the under on that, I think, Brad. I am too, high. because it's the Super Bowl and they're gonna talk about so many other things that don't matter. I mean, I don't know if Tony Romo has slept. He's so excited right now. <laughs> he is he's just jacked right now. Him Jim Nance is like, Tony, calm down. Breathe into the bag, Tony. Breathe into the bag. It's gonna be good. That is who has the game, right? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Are you sure he didn't get traded to the Cowboys? The Cowboys have the first overall pick. From the Houston Oilers, and they drafted Ed Tutal Jones, who is the defensive end from Tennessee State. So, what year was that? Seventy-four. I'm looking at the oh, 1974 so draft right I now. Mean, maybe it was seventy-five then, Brad. I may have my year wrong. Gotcha. Because I, I, he definitely, okay. he definitely went from Houston, two seasons, I believe, in Kansas City, and then wrapped up his career with John Madden and the the. Oakland Raiders. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And awesome. I also like this picture behind me right now. Cause when I think about the Super Bowl, I, and and growing up in the 90s, we were kind of immersed, if you were a football fan, in the world of John Madden, you know, in terms of his 
um, announcing duties and his football games. So that picture there of him being carried off by his teammates, it's a fantastic image. Absolutely I agree. love it. And you know what I love in that image um, is that the trees are taller than the bowl of the stadium. That's the Rose Bowl. I was There's just going to say, are. I don't know if that's the Rose Bowl or not, but that's what it reminds me of. So that is yeah. the Rose Bowl. That's the Rose Bowl. Okay. I, I love watching the Rose Bowl in general. And one of the small little intricate details that I like about it is that you can get 100,000 people in there, but it's still not so big and, and monstrous that the trees and the, the natural outline of the neighborhood is overshadowed. It's, it's all part of it. Yeah. So kind of cool. For sure. Hey, and, and Justin, uh, confirming your story, you're correct. The man's name was Robert Brazell. He was, I believe, the sixth pick. Um, in the third or fourth Hall of Famer in that class. And uh, I do enjoy my NFL history, and I didn't know who he was either. He was a linebacker out of Jackson State, played nine years. His last year was 1982. Um, so I was still uh, in diapers at that point. So, Right. There, there is a book. Uh, I can't remember the name of the book about um, John Matuzak. It sounds pretty interesting to read. Um, John Matuzak died in 1989. He was in his late 30s um, of a prescription drug overdose out in California somewhere. So for those of you that are interested in a number one draft pick from Oak Creek, Wisconsin, that might be something you want to pick up um, via Amazon. There you go, Jeff. It sounds like the title of the book is probably, you know, he was the number one pick and then he was what kind of an average NFL player, probably from great to good. <laughs> we've come it all in together. perfect Full circle i didn't know that was going to happen but it just kind of <laughs> hey it organically happened and when you're in showbiz like we are sometimes it just falls into place all right on that note let's just wrap a little bow on this thing and get on out of here from episode 29 enjoy your super bowl sunday we'll get this posted up on youtube i think nate's gonna try to get them posted out to the um to the podcast apps as well. So I hope you enjoyed the show and you can obviously find us in all the normal places. And we hope to see you again next week. Although I don't know if Sunday is this week or next week or last week anymore, but um, <laughs> we'll see you when we see you again. All right. Thanks guys. Enjoy your Sunday.